I'm Evan Cote, and with me, when we can actually do it, is Marissa Walter. How are you doing, Marissa? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. So we've, uh, as always, after we get a little bit on a roll, we, we end up getting busy. So <laughs> um, we're making a commitment to try to be a little bit more regular, although I do have a hearing next week, Friday. So I don't know if we'll be able to record, but I promise we're going to try to do a bit more regularly. We could do like a Thursday recording. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll figure it out. But um, in any event, uh, I want to start off today's episode by talking about... A uh, movie that just came out yesterday, which is a little weird that it had a pull release on a Thursday. Um, but that is Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. Um, Marissa, have you seen any trailers for this movie at all? I haven't seen any trailers, but when the book came out, a lot of my friends told me to read the book. They thought it was something that I'd be into. So. Did you read the book? It didn't actually appeal to me. Everyone's like, you know, because I like video games and all of that, they were like, oh, you'd like this book. But it, to me, it didn't sound – a book about a video game didn't sound that fun to me. Yeah, so I heard the same thing that the book would be a lot of fun, so I bought it. I read about a third of it and then got – the writing's really bad. And so the writing took me out of it, and I was just like, this is, this is bad. And then like so – Bad in what way? Oh, he's just a terrible prose writer. Um okay. He's just, he, he, like, uh, in the beginning, like, he's trying to describe, like, uh, an environment in 80s style. So instead of talking about, like, this, you know, like, puffy hair, puffy um, sleeves, stuff like that, like, actually, like, trying to paint a picture, he just says, and everyone's dressed in 80s attire. Like, that level of writing competency. Um, and so it was just, it was bad. Um and very redundant in his writing as well like he just anyway um but about like six months later like i kept hearing people talk about it so i was like maybe i'll pick it back up and i was a little bored i was looking for something to um read before bed so picked it back up ended up finishing it in a couple nights um it wasn't good it's just but it was it was fun it was enjoyable like popcorn filler stuff yeah it's like a nostalgia book, basically, is my yeah, understanding. Yeah, so the concept is essentially that, like, this guy that grew up in the 1980s ended up in, like, the year 2022 events of VR, like, Second Life type of video game. Mm-hmm. But every, everyone in the world around, excuse me, everyone around the world becomes obsessed with it. They, um, and so it becomes this massive thing. It becomes the uh, biggest thing on the planet. Everyone can use whatever avatars they want. But the designer of the game is this guy that is heavily influenced by the 80s. And so a lot of, and, and because he makes the, so much of the game uh, in the 80s aesthetic, basically the entire culture becomes obsessed with the 80s. <laughs> um, and so it's just, yeah. And um, so the creator of the game dies, but he basically says, here's like a treasure hunt. You have to find these MacGuffins, and once you find them, my fortune is yours. And so this large corporation that wants to take over, because they, they know how popular the virtual reality world is, they want to take it over, so they create an entire like division of people like devoted to finding it. And like basically everyone's under a contract, and so if one of their minions, like millions of minions, finds it, then they win, win everything, and they control the, the virtual reality world, and they destroy it through advertising and just like trying to get economic gain out of it. Um, eventually, of course, the good guys win, and 
anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of references though. Like basically, the entire book is just like a flurry of references. You know, the Millennium Falcon. He's like driving the Millennium Falcon. He gets into a Gundam wing. He gets or uh, a Gundam. Gundam wing is a specific subseries of the Gundam franchise. <laughs> anyway, um, and, and uh, so so there's a lot of fun like just. Yeah, video game and nerd culture references throughout, and like that's the one thing that carries it really is just is just the references. And so the movie directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, or excuse me, and because it, it takes so much of the aesthetics from the '80s, uh, one of the main references is to Spielberg movies. And then Spielberg gets tapped to direct the movie, but he makes a determination that he will not be using any of his own movies. Like, he won't reference any of his own movies inside of Ready Player Why? One. I don't know. I think he was afraid of being too self-referential, too, yeah. too self-reverential, I think is... And, and I, I can understand that. I, I think probably I would also want to avoid people thinking that I'm self so self-consumed that I made a yeah. movie devoted to how awesome I am. Yeah. Essentially what would have happened. There is, at the very beginning, there's a T-Rex which I'm pretty sure is the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, but, like, you know, it's a T-Rex, so... Yeah. But outside of that, there wasn't any references that to any of his other movies that I picked up on. Um, anyway, so the movie itself, uh, first trailer came out, looked like hot garbage. Second trailer came out, looked like hot garbage to me. Everything about this movie looked like hot garbage, but it's at, like, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I have Movie Pass. I had um, the afternoon free yesterday, so I decided to go see it. And in the moment, I was like, this isn't good. And then the more I've thought about it, the more I'm just like, no, that was objectively just terrible and, and really upsetting. And I couldn't figure out why it was upsetting me so much. Yeah. And I figured it out and why, and why the book wasn't. And so first of all, the, the, the plot itself is kind of different. Like the specifics of the plot, let me back up. The framing device is the same as in the book. Right, it's still this guy has this this treasure that you go after. There's still like the same characters for the most part, that the band of friends, but how they get from point A to point B, from point B to point C, and point C to point D, is all different in the book than the movie, and really like for the worse. So essentially, the movie takes out any unique ideas that the book had, or the unique story beats that the book had. Um, there's no real world building. Um, or anything like that. There's no real explanation why everyone becomes obsessed with the 80s. And not everyone real. And the movie really isn't obsessed with the 80s. It's just nerd culture in general. So, like, there's the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are in there. I counted, I think, five different Batman um, from the comics from the, and from the video games. Hmm. There was different Harley Quinns from the comics and the video games. There was... It's a WB movie, so it explains why they would have a lot of WB properties. Um, but Ninja Turtles is Paramount. Um, they had King Kong, which is Universal. Um, they had some Activision properties. I can't remember which ones now, but and then they had some. And then there was like Master Chief, a whole bunch of Master Chiefs in there. Um, there was a Chucky. Like there's basically it's just a whole bunch of the movie felt much, even much more so than the book. The movie felt entirely propelled by the references. Like it was just an excuse to get from reference to reference to reference. And I finally put my finger on it this morning of why it's been why it's eating at me so bad. And it is basically this unbridled celebration of commercialism. 
right? So these characters, so these these are just avatars. Like they're not actual characters. It's not like a whole bunch of Master Chiefs. It's not a whole bunch of Batman running around. But it's people pretending to be them, purchasing them, like in the in-app store or yeah. So like, and it's just basically like our characters are, are our designs are awesome. You should buy them. Like it's it's I don't know. It just felt gross to me. It didn't. And part of the book is just also deals with not very well, but it does deal with um, capitalism run amok. And mm-hmm. the elements are there as well in this, but it's not really there they don't tackle it it's just like oh the bad guys are a bad form of capitalism the good guys are the good form of capitalism and like they don't actually deal with the fact that you know in the book it actually is kind of just like in in the book it's more or less just like no this is a little bit more exaggerated form of um late capitalist society that we currently are living in whereas the movie is just i don't know it's just so over the top and because they never established the rules of the world doesn't make any sense like essentially this giant corporation has its own police force where they can just kill people with impunity until the very 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 end of the movie also the police show up and the police never existed in this movie up until then like they kind of movie establishes that there is no police like the mm-hmm. that it's a private police force from this corporation but turns out that's not true when the plot demands it not be true so it's just i don't know it just it didn't deal with any anything and it wasn't like a fun movie it wasn't like some popcorn movie it was just garbage references i don't know and so it was upsetting me the, the, the just the celebration of commercialism in and of itself is just it was gross it, i felt dirty i don't know really yeah well you aren't really selling this movie very well well i think i think my thoughts on it probably have i would hope anyway are like at least establish something that deeper thinking than just the normal reviews like that was fun when chucky shows up or whatever right like it's just yeah um it's just essentially this movie is not being reviewed as an actual movie which is a little frustrating for me like i've seen a few scathing reviews that seem to be more true but most of the reviews even if they're just like lukewarm or just like that's yeah, fun it's diverting but they don't actually deal with what the movie is, is about because the movie really isn't about much other than like i said a celebration of, of commercialism and it's just it's, it's yeah i've i pulled up some of the the reviews and it's intense virtual reality adventure that will dazzle 80s fans yeah it, no oh and and yeah the <laughs> and then yeah the other like good one is oh he imbues the movie with flashes of color and heart that rekindle the sense of wonderment that will transport many viewers back to their childhoods i mean you're right it's all these good reviews are almost all just about the nostalgia yeah and you know it doesn't yeah so it was which i mean a nostalgia movie's fine well okay so but here's the deal like i like stranger things i'm i actually don't even have that much nostalgia for the 80s i you know i was born in 88 it's not like i grew up in the 80s baby and so like but i watched stranger things i think it's fun stranger things was awesome yeah and you know they have like they have the kids dress up as ghostbusters that's fun i like got excited and they even have the ghostbusters music even the trailer for the second season had um, thriller playing Michael Jackson's Thriller, like that's fun, yeah. Like it's, mm-hmm. but it's not like slavishly devoted to just to weaponizing your memories, which is essentially is what Ready Player One is. It's just it's designed solely to manipulate you using not even the characters because these they're just they're not actually characters. They're just like a recreation, a digital recreation of of things you liked before. Yeah, like a Chucky doll, like the Ninja Turtles, like 
like Batman, but like Master Chief. It's like, okay, so I'm supposed to be excited because a design, a character design that I, that I liked in a video game is showing up in a movie. Like, I don't know. Like, why would I care about that? Like, why should I? Hmm. And so it's, it's a little upsetting that so many people are falling for it too. It's, I don't know. It's just, it, it feels gross. Um, I was talking to our friend Amy's boyfriend yesterday, or now fiance, pardon me, about this yesterday. And, fiance! And, um, and he, he said something that I thought was funny, which is essentially that um, Easter eggs are no longer really a thing. Like, because now you just, you have a reference and people call it an Easter egg. But like, basically these references, these like over the top references are meant for, to make dumb people feel smart. Because they understand something. I was like, oh, that's actually probably what it is. That's probably why people like this movie. It's like, they're dumb. <laughs> like, And so they feel they feel smart because like, oh, I get that reference. I get that reference. I get that reference. It's like, yeah, there's also a giant neon, neon sign pointing to the reference and explaining what the reference is. It's not like some like great magical thing that only yeah. you understand. It's not like, it's, it's yeah. not subtle. Oh, there's one last thing. This is a spoiler, but I don't really care. You shouldn't see this movie. Um... Halfway through the movie, there's like actually kind of a cool thing that happens, and they go to, which isn't in the book because, like I said, essentially none of the specific plots or plot details are the same in the book. They go into a recreation of The Shining, and really? the movie The Shining, and there's a couple times where I'm pretty sure they take the actual like film from the from from the movie The Shining, and then insert their digital characters, and it's kind of interesting, and kind of fun, but then like it completely ruins it because then I don't know all of a sudden they turn it into a video game and and like lose what made the shining special but what felt gross to me about that and this is the first thing that made me feel really upset while I was in the movie theater Kubrick is dead and Kubrick was Spielberg's like friend right Spielberg finished filming AI when Kubrick uh, died in the process of filming that movie and he's taking one of his like masterpieces and just like using it for commercial gain, which he his friend would not have been about. He his friend that would have upset his friend quite a bit, and yet he doesn't care, right? He just like it. So that's it's just something that's upsetting to me, and so that's that's all. I just wanted to have a platform to be able to talk about how much I hated Ready Player One. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the law. I apologize. We'll now get into the legal segment. Unless there's anything else you want to add about Ready Player One. The movie that I've never seen and the book that I've never read. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but you've heard about both. I have heard about both. Um, okay. So first topic is the topic that apparently... So an advantage of not having normal TV is that um, I only have Hulu, so I don't watch commercials. So... and also means that I don't have to see like coming up at 11 o'clock like so I have no idea what local news or like national news is talking about on TV and apparently Stormy Daniels is like an everyday story I had no idea that this is still ongoing but apparently it's still ongoing and we're going to talk about it um but Stormy Daniels attorney is claiming that because Donald Trump did not sign the contract that it's therefore invalid and so when you're questioning the validity of a contract, you do not have to go to arbitration because if the contract is not effective, then the arbitration clause does not is not enforceable. So that's why you can sue in court to determine the validity of the contract before having to go to arbitration. Marissa, do you think that his 
uh, his meaning Stormy Daniels attorney's opinion that because Donald Trump did not sign the contract, it makes the contract invalid. Do you believe that that legal theory to be true? Well, so let's just break it down. What do you need to have a valid contract? You need to have um, consideration. You need to have an exchange, some sort of exchange, right? Uh, yeah. So uh, consideration is, is a benefit conferred onto another person. Right. Um, and you have to have an agreement, a meeting of the minds to say um so and and sorry and then also in california if the contract is going to last longer than a year or deals with more than a thousand dollars i think it has to be in writing that's what's known as a statute of frauds Mm -hmm. with signatures otherwise you can have an oral contract this would both of those would actually be triggered with this because it's to last longer than a year and deals with i think a hundred thousand dollars and it's written down so okay the question is well statute of frauds also deals with signature but anyway go ahead um well my you're right okay that's a good point but i'm thinking why did donald trump not sign it was he not bound by it does it matter because he gave her money she signed that she wouldn't do it Mm, that seems like consideration to me yeah so there's a couple of things so so there's a few things if i trump's attorney is claiming that it wasn't Trump's contract. It was his contract with Stormy Daniels, and he did this on his own. If that legal theory is, or if that statement is to be believed, and if he's a signatory, there's no reason to think that he's that's not true. He, um, well, is it consideration if if he's not the one receiving benefit? He is receiving the benefit, right? Of her so, not speaking. Well, and, is, but Trump's attorney is receiving the benefit. Oh wait, Trump's attorney signed it. Yeah, so let's say it's Trump. Trump is Trump's attorney is saying that this is a contract between me and Stormy Daniels. We're the signatories on it. It's a it's it's enforceable between us, and Trump has nothing to do with it. But it, but the benefit is directly to Trump, correct? You can have a third party beneficiary of a contract. That's fine. Yeah, and so the consideration, well, I think people get tripped up on in, in this, especially in law school, is in um, the consideration means a benefit is conferred on another person. It doesn't actually have to be a monetary benefit even. So if I had a contract, right. I could come up with a contract that says, I'll pay you $1,000 if you, I'll pay you $1,000 if let's, let's say you are a raging alcoholic, which you are. No, she's not. Um, <laughs> that is slander, Evan. <laughs> um, let's say, let's say you're a raging alcoholic. And so I, I say, I'll give you $1,000 if you don't drink a drop of alcohol for 365 days. And so you say, okay, I agree. And we put it in writing and everything like that. And on the 366th day, you say, I didn't even drink, drink any alcohol. Give me my $1,000. And say, well, no, I don't want to. Well, what consideration? I didn't get any benefit out of it, you know? But the peace of mind is still, it's still a benefit is being conferred upon me. There's some benefit happening. But if it's just, Marissa, 365 days, I'm going to give you $1,000. Right. That's there's, not a contract. There's no consideration. There's no benefit yeah. being conferred to me. And so, so again, so the, so Trump's attorney, because apparently he loves the president so much, is willing to pay out of his own personal pocket. No, this is true, but this is what he claims. Because he loves Trump so much, he's willing to pay $100,000, take a more, second mortgage out into his house to pay a porn star $100,000 to keep her from talking about an affair that didn't happen. That's literally what, he, what they're yeah. saying. But anyway, 
Um, well, that's his but benefit. I don't he's, think that he's... validates the contract, any of that. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that's enforceable. I thought no one signed it. No, he Only signed she it. signed it. Well, okay. And so the consideration, I just wanted to take care of the oh, yeah, sorry. So there's, so there's consideration. Now, there's also third, you can have a third-party beneficiary. Sure, of course. There's certain standards to it, but I think this satisfies it. Now, let's just say that he didn't sign it. No one signed it. And it's still enforceable. So in California, the law is that the contract is that even if both parties don't sign, if as long as the party that you're trying to enforce the contract against signed, it's enforceable. And so it works in that situation as well. Um, now, even assuming nobody signed, which isn't the fact anyway, but assuming uh, nobody signed, uh, you still have estoppel, which is essentially they came to a meeting in the minds. Even if so, let's say right. it's for whatever reason one of the formalities is not met, right? So let's just say there, the statute of frauds wasn't met. But relying on her promise to not say anything, Trump's attorney gave her a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and so he conferred the benefit, the agreed upon benefit, to not say anything. She can't then say, "Well, I didn't sign it. Sucks to be you." She's well, now bound. She's now bound because there sure. was there was um, the consideration was conferred. She knew, she knew what what was happening, and so there there's more of a legal standard that you can go. So, through, but it, but yeah, go ahead. that brings up a question that I hadn't really thought of until just now. Say she just breaks the contract, just just breaks it. She starts talking. What are the actual damages? Well, so. So there's a couple things. So there's a hit to his reputation, which actually. Who knows how immense that actually is? It could be little. It could be a lot. If he loses the presidency because of this, he's not going to. But if he loses the presidency, how? I mean, that's that's incalculable. How much damage there is. If I mean, he's admitted to being a flanderer, though. So really, how much damage? But those are. I mean, those are benefits. Those are damages to the third party. What are the damages to the attorney? Well, and so that's and so that's the thing, right? So the third party benefit of a contract can sue on a contract that they that's were not true. Under, that's certain, true. under certain circumstances um and so it's possible that you could sue on that now the attorney yeah what would what would be his damages well the hundred thousand dollars for sure or whatever yeah. was paid but yeah. i wonder what other damages the attorney would have i don't think he would have any others yeah he basically gets his money back with interest is what it is yeah um something that i find interesting though and I didn't listen to Stormy Daniels' interview, but I did hear some snippets of it and with Anderson Cooper. And because this is something I've been thinking about, is no one will pay her money until she does an interview. But then as soon as she does the interview, no one's going to pay her money to do an interview. And the reason why is because it is actionable. Until, if she just breaks the contract by herself, then they can only sue her. Right. But if, let's say, CNN... Paid her gives million, her money to million dollars, break it, yeah. Then they're inducing the breaking of contract, yeah. which is and which then, isn't actionable against CNN. That's true. And they can go after CNN. And so I guess she said in the interview, or I heard the snippet of it, so I know she said it. She said, I'm not getting paid for this. I haven't been paid for this. You didn't even buy me my breakfast. Apparently, they went so out of their way to not pay for anything. They wouldn't even pay for her breakfast. Like, that's yeah. kind of... They, that's smart of them, though. It's incredibly smart of them. So now, but now that she's done the interview, 
now she's broken the contract. And so like a publisher, I'm, I, I think would be pretty much in the clear. You know, okay, we'll, it, we'll give you a million dollars if you write a book. So I guess I don't understand what happened. She did an interview? She's she's done. Uh, she did an interview with Anderson Cooper. That and then was it televised? Yes. So she said what their affair was. Yes. He even asked her. Apparently, if, I didn't listen to this snippet and I didn't hear the answer number. But I want to know the answer. But he asked her if she he used a condom. Ew. Yeah, I don't know why that was relevant. But anyway. So, huh? Interesting. So she she just went ahead and did it. Have they sued her? So they were trying to get an injunction against the interview from airing. Because they filmed it a couple weeks ago. But it did air. It did air. So they could sue her. They could sue her, yeah. Um, yep, they, they, they could sue her. <laughs> um, That's interesting. Now, they're already in court. Maybe they've already made a cross-complaint. Maybe there's an arp, you know... Um, Maybe they have already filed something with the arbitrator. I don't know. You know, the arbitration is not public. So no one cares, though. I mean, this whole thing all goes on. No one really even cares. I didn't even know she did an interview. What do you mean uh, no one cares about the validity of the contract? I mean, everyone's so worried about, like, what she's going to say, and then she says it, and I don't think anyone cares. Well, so now what's going on is her attorney's trying to use this um, contract claim to depose Trump. Now, the judge ordered yesterday that he doesn't get to depose Trump right now. Which, again, yeah, he's not going to be able to depose him. Whether or not he signed that contract has no actual bearing on whether or not the validity, uh, the contract's valid or not. No, but if Trump sues for damages, he will get to depose him. Um, yeah, yes. So Which Trump's we know, probably we know, not going to sue yeah, for damages. We've, yeah. seen, we've seen it, this maneuver all the time. Trump threatens to sue and then he doesn't because he opens himself to Pandora's box. Yeah. They're denying the existence of this extramarital affair, which defies all logic because why would you pay somebody, right? So they're trying to say the contract is valid, but also we signed this contract for no reason. Yeah. No. Like, that, it doesn't, <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if she did it to see if he'd sue her. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But again, you have to. she has to draw the first blood. And now I think, now she's fine, I, I think, to get money from another source because she's already broken the contract. She's already decided this contract isn't valid. She's not going to hold herself to this contract. So there's been no inducement from other companies. Yeah. So there's no intentional interference with the contract, which is an actionable claim. So... Yeah, another company can now pay her money. It's very I think, I think. So that's the play. Um, yeah, I, th- I think there's no doubt that this contract is valid. I don't... I mean, she can breach it. And there's also... Uh, I'm sorry, I, I forget the legal term, but there's... You know, contracts like this tend to have... If you breach this contract, then... Um, here's what the damages are. So it's set out in the contract. But the thing that most people don't realize is that contracts cannot... You cannot have punitive damages. But what that also means is that um, if, I think it's exculpatory clause, I think that's what the, the clause is. So if your clause, if let's say it's a $100,000 contract and if you breach this contract, you owe Trump $100 million, right? Let, let's just say that's what it is. That provision is not valid because that is punitive. It has to be actually tied to the actual damages sustained. Right. Or, and because they're so hard to, to actually 
know what the damages are. It has to be you have to tie it to what you think the damages would be. Right. But if it's outside the realm of like reasonableness, it's not um, it's not a valid uh, contract provision. Yeah. So, um, so we'll see. I, I mean, that's essentially what we're gonna have to what she's gonna have to go through the validity of these contracts. Um, what, even if the court upholds that contract and they try to yeah, get her to pay whatever the contract says she has to pay, she can then likely go into court to determine the validity of that specific provision um, without having to go in front of the arbitrator. So, um, Never agreed to arbitration, folks. That's the point of the story, by the way. Yeah. It's in uh, everything you ever, like, any time you get software, though, or do anything, yeah. you're agreeing to it. <laughs> yes, but try not to. If you can, in personal contracts, arbitration is the worst. Um, I say that as someone that has arbitration in all of my um, attorney-client agreements. But <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, it's it's the worst because if there's a power. Um, generally speaking, the, when they come into place, because there's the uh, um, difference in the power dynamic, right? My clients and I are all always at an equal level. I'm not some massive law firm. I can't just crush them, and I and I don't know a whole bunch of arbitrators that I can just make friends with to get them to side with me. It's not, <laughs> you know, I'm not like that. But someone like Donald Trump, though, his sister's a, a New York uh, uh, justice, Supreme Court justice, whatever they call him. From there. Really? You know, he 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 has tons of lawyer friends. We know he has a ton of lawyer friends, and he has a ton of money, and he's the president of the United States. Yeah. You know, he has power, and he's a celebrity, right? So even at the time she signed the contract, he was a celebrity. So he has a lot of power and there's an imbalance of power. And anytime there's a great imbalance of power like that, arbitration works in favor of the party that has the most power. So that's why it, but in, so it, it can work. The, re, the reason why arbitration exists and why some people like it is, yeah, for let's say attorney, uh, attorney fee dispute. You think that, you know, not that this has ever happened to me, but if you were to, some a client were to contest my fees, it's much more cost efficient for everybody involved mm-hmm. and much quicker for everyone involved and you know for the sake of privacy so our dirty air so their dirty laundry isn't aired and my dirty laundry sure. isn't aired to have it a private proceeding and to have a neutral third party decide it that's that's why arbitration exists for that exact type of situation but when you have at&t forcing arbitration anytime you try to contest their bill that's bs um so yeah yeah okay so moving on to facebook so facebook <laughs> A couple weeks ago, got in trouble for... Facebook's had a, a rough go of it. Yeah, their stock keeps falling. I'm, I'm on the verge of deleting my profile, but... Um, but I was telling Marissa off mic, which I won't repeat the entire story right now, but that, um, you know, Facebook helped me stalk somebody to figure out the identity of a person yesterday. So, <laughs> like, I was like, well, maybe I should keep this. Um, anyway, so Facebook got caught basically giving a whole bunch of information to, I think it's called Cambridge Analytica or something like that. Anyway, it's, it's this research group that is largely funded from Republican donors. And they worked with, I think they worked with Ted Cruz and then they worked with Donald Trump and they got a whole bunch more data from people. And essentially it came to light that what part of Facebook's agreement is that they can, I, I don't know, but essentially the way Facebook works is if one person took a quiz, they allowed this research company to have access to all their information, but it also allowed them to have all their friends information as well. I know. And I don't understand how that's possible. I understand if you take that quiz, 
and you say, okay, I'm giving permission, because it asks you, you're giving this app permission to like access whatever, right? Yeah. And so I get how they would be able to get your information, but how are they able to get your friend's information? My feeling is that they get access to their feed. And so then they uh -huh. can see their friend's feed. That's what I think it is. I'm not okay. entirely sure about it. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Now, and I'm going to bring up something else, the second topic as well, which is that there is the Fair Housing Act, which came out a long time ago, which basically says you can't discriminate in renting based on you know someone's relationship status, whether they have kids, their religion, their ethnicity, anything like that. And part of that as well is you can't advertise that way. Facebook, though has fairly robust ad targeting system in which you can say, so I'm, I'm interested in the state litigation, obviously. And so one thing that would benefit me is if I could target people that have had a recent death in the family, right? If my right. ads, it's the one thing that Facebook does not allow you to target though, is if they had a recent <laughs> death. Everything else though is fair game. You can target based on um, economic status, race, um, gender, um, everything. But it also means you can exclude those groups as well as part of the ad campaign. Normally that's allowed. But under the Fair Housing Act, you, you can't do that. So this watchdog group, what they did is they submitted a whole bunch of ads about a fake residential community in which they ex specifically excluded certain groups of people. Facebook approved the ad and it ran. <laughs> this is like a year ago. They, they notified Facebook. Facebook's like, our bad, we won't do this anymore. A year later, the same watchdog group does the same thing, same thing happens, Facebook approves it. They're in allowed discrimination on, um, on national origin, you know, race, um, specifically uh, Mexican, black, Jewish, didn't matter. Um, and so now this watchdog group has filed a, a complaint against Facebook for violation of the Fair Housing Act. The reason why I brought that up is because your information is out there to Facebook and they sell it to you all the time. And the advertisers on Facebook also are, you are a commodity. And well, I mean, okay, I agree. Listen, a lot of what they've done is bad, but to some extent, people getting upset that Facebook is selling their data, they're not making this website for you out of the goodness of their hearts. So you have to understand that this website exists because it's a company that's trying to make money. It does not exist. Um, just just to be there for you yeah and you except, get to use it except, for free. except they've gone out of their way to introduce this website to you as ability to put your pictures onto their platform right and to share it with the world to connect with people correct and once they hooked you and it wasn't until they hooked you or a large percentage of the population the world population did they start monetizing it in various ways and start off slow. Yeah, but they and, weren't, and I mean, subtly. they were never like, oh, we're just going to make this thing for free. It was always the purpose to monetize it. People aren't just like, oh, we'll just all sit at our computer and program this thing for you for free because we love you so much. It's, it's a business. But here's the difference. And here's why it's, it's a bit perverse, right? If you, if I'm watching TV, which I just said I don't have TV, so I don't, <laughs> but if you're watching TV, you're seeing local ads. And a certain time of day, you'll see you'll see ads, right? So, if I'm watching, um, when I was a kid, I was home a lot, sick a lot, and so I'd watch I Love Lucy at noon. It's always on at noon for an hour until one o'clock. 
commercials are always like 1-800-GENERAL-NOW, insurance companies like uh, Larry H. Parker, basically a whole bunch of commercials that were designed for people that were staying at, that, that would be the type of people staying at home. And, and, you know, so including commercials for targeted at mothers, deadbeats, whatever. Okay. Right. Obviously that advertisement, I, I was part of this group that, you know, and they thought, okay, if I'm watching TV at that time, it's likely I'm part of the, one of those groups. I wasn't. None of those ads were geared towards me. Right. Conversely, um, the creator Brendan Stimpy's in the news, but, um, because he, you know, sexual predator, but, um, the show was created for kids, except the problem was, uh, is that it was primarily watched by teenagers. And so the advertisement was for kids. And so it was going, it was being wasted because it was teenagers watching. And so basically that's part of the reason why I got canceled so early in life was because the, the targeting ads weren't, um, weren't going to the audience they wanted to, right? But but they were not able to target me specifically, right? They can't see, there's not a camera on my television screen, and at the time I was watching I Love Lucy, it was literally like a three-inch um, mobile television screen, black and white television screen. There wasn't a camera on there letting them know that I was some sick kid at home so that they could give me, instead of giving me the 1-800 general commercial, they gave me a Power Ranger commercial. There's nothing yeah. that allowed them to do that. Okay. General advertisement based off of the area you live in, right? Like, And so the presumed economic status you are, presumed marital status, the presumed race even. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. But when you start individualizing the ad for a specific person based mm-hmm. upon that information, that's, that's when it gets gross. Is it legal? Yeah. Why? Why is that gross? Because it's a specific selling of not just the collection of data, right? So I could, I could be, my data, I mean, the census data is, is not sold, but I mean, it's used, it's utilized to advertise. People know the economic status and the racial breakdown of the neighborhood I live in. So, sure. they, so it's, it's being used to advertise to me. Sure. But it's not, it's not a specific, it's, it's just like what I was complaining about with. I mean, I don't understand one. what you object to. The spe- just, specificity of, it's of just targeted advertisement. You want it, tur- it to be more general. I, why? Who cares? It turns out, turns out the the Ready Player One conversation was not completely irrelevant. It's the same thing. It's basically using a. It's a specific weaponization and manipulation of a specific person, right? If I could advertise to somebody that just lost somebody, um, it, I'm much more likely to get through to them because I'm. I'm manipulating yeah, but... them. I have data that I know, and so it's specialized to that specific person. What's wrong with that? It's I, because it's it's gross. That means somebody has access to me and is able to like. Do you want to be manipulated? No, but do I you... don't like. I don't have to buy targeted ads. But listen, if I'm gonna have to look at advertisement, and like I said, Facebook is a business. We're gonna see ads on there. It's not f- for free. Um, so if there's going to be ads on my Facebook page, I don't care if they're more targeted to me. In fact, I hope it's great. I say, oh, I need a divorce attorney. And then Facebook says, oh, here are five divorce attorneys. That's kind of convenient. I don't see why that's objectionable. I do. If I see an advertisement for like diapers, that's not something I need. And I don't care to see advertisements for diapers. It's not, I don't understand what's wrong with having things shown to me that are things that I might actually need. So let's change it then. Instead of advertisement to you specifically, let's say it was the government calling data from Facebook. Well, right. See, that's a completely different situation and I'm not okay with that. How? It's the same thing. 
No, it's not because Facebook is a company. The government can put me in jail. The government can take away my freedom. The government can do all of these things. Well, hang on, hang on. So Facebook's there to make money. If the government's giving them money for that, what's wrong with it? It's the same thing. No, absolutely not. They're there. To, they're a business. They're making money from the government. No, because it's a private company. They're doing that to sell advertisement. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Why is the government taking that money? No, the government's giving them the money. Why no. is the government taking that data? I'm sorry, I said the wrong word. I don't know, For what purpose? Does it matter? Why does it matter? It's the same yeah. thing. These companies are getting the data on you. Yeah, but I'm okay. That's what I'm saying. I don't care if someone's getting data on me to sell me, um, I don't know, a shirt I might like. And so I see a shirt I might like instead of a diaper advertisement. That's fine. I don't care. But I don't want my data going out for other purposes. And I think, I think that's reasonable. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not going to fight with you on what you're okay with and what you're not okay with, but I think you can see, but you can see just by a, a slight changing of the facts or just changing the entity that's well, doing it. The you can see why it's gross. The, the data for in your, in your hypothetical. I mean, it's the government pays money for advertisement all the time. First of all, like they pay a well, sure, lot of money for the thinking. for the flyovers the, at NFL games. If the government's saying we want to reach um, young kids for our smoking is bad um, ads, the I government's not going to pay money for that. It's for militarization is what it's always going to be for. It could be for spying. Who cares? It's 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 a public space, and they're paying money for it. Who cares if it's spying? You're okay with your if you're okay with your data being bought and sold on that individual of a level. Why does it matter if it's the government watching you or if it's or if it's uh, um, I guess Parker in terms of advertisement, I don't so much care, but if the government is buying that data and then mining it on their own and coming to their own conclusions, for example, who should be surveyed or who, you know, whatever, then that's a problem. It really depends on what's going on. But if they're just advertising, if they're saying Facebook, we want to advertise to these people, then yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with advertisement. It, it's going to happen. And the fact that people are making it specific to me, I don't have a problem with either. I, I just the like problem that. is when The problem is when people have nefarious purposes and they're trying to affect elections. Then it's, uh, selling me crap that I don't need is well, to specifically like, manipulating me. Specifically you manipulating bought me. something off of Facebook? I haven't ever bought anything off of Facebook. I don't feel like I'm uncontrollably unable to not click on the ads. We're not the target demo for the people that are like. We also don't buy fake news. Like we're not manipulated that way. But there is a certain, a large section of this population that is easily manipulated. I don't. I have a problem with it regardless. I don't think it's unreasonable. I don't think your position's unreasonable. I'm not gonna try to convince you that, that you're wrong. I think that's fine. If you if you don't care of your data being bought and sold on that specific I mean, I level, guess, then how I- How do you want Facebook, okay, either, how do you want Facebook to monetize? I mean, look, TV's been doing it for centuries and they were fine until, until Netflix came and ate their lunch, but you can still do the same advertising model, which is like, Here's the deal. We'll advertise by geographical location. You don't have to. That's they can do that. They know where you're. You do, I'm like well, an from. Yeah, I mean, you're saying you just don't like the specificity. Because I'm because I'm being because out. I'm specifically being bought and sold. I'm not being bought and sold as part of a bundle. I Evan Cote mm -hmm. is am being bought and sold. That is not okay. No matter who the buyer is, that is not okay to me. And the fact that they try to hide this. Well, and Facebook needs to be upfront with 
with what's going on. And that's and one of the problems. And remember a month ago, I was on this rampage about Twitter because of how shy Twitter was being, and they still are. And I was like, well, at least Facebook is fessing up. No, Facebook isn't fessing up. What Facebook is doing is every time they get their hands stuck in the, the cookie jar, they say, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do it next time. And then they just say that ad nauseum until, you know. Yeah. They, they're, no, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I, I am against Facebook absolutely right now. But, um. I, I mean, I get, I'm upset that I think they knew, um, what was going on. And I think that they could take reasonable measures to limit nefarious actors. And uh, they just decided they didn't care. And so I'm upset about that with Facebook, too, because I don't have a pro- like I said, I don't have a problem with targeted advertisement. But if you know that, like, Russia is trying to use that targeted advertisement to to change an election, I think then, yes, you have a duty to try to stop it. Let's say because Facebook is as much as they want to say otherwise facebook is very right-leaning they've courted that audience because various reasons which i won't get into right now but i don't know okay so let's say truth or not of that fact but okay they've i I don't we've had this discussion on air i know we've had this discussion on air a few times which is why i don't want to regurgitate it um but okay so let's say planned parenthood wants to advertise Mm -hmm. and they've taken a stance that we're not going to let nefarious entities advertise and so they're like you know what this is upsetting a lot of people that are in our target of our primary users no Planned Parenthood is nefarious are you okay with that yeah I mean I see what you're saying there how do you draw that line where do they say okay we can all agree other countries being involved in our elections is bad okay Facebook I don't know make some policies to try to stop that then is the is it a slippery slope? I don't know. Well, I'm I mean, not making a slippery could, slope. I'm not making a slippery slope. Argument. We could just, I, I just draw don't... a line and say no. When it comes to political advertisement, um, other countries will not be allowed to advertise but, but to that's other not what countries. You were, but that's not what you were. You were saying that you don't want the government to be able to call the data either. I don't want them to is be that... able to call the data. I mean, th- there's a difference, okay, between Facebook having this data. And face someone saying, Facebook, I want to advertise to these kind of people. And Facebook saying, okay, here's our data. Now we're giving it to you, right? No, I, I get it. Facebook is still things. acting as an intermediary. I get, I yeah. get it. And so there is a bit of a separation. And so I, I have made a bit of a jump, and I, I get that. I don't think it's that significant of a jump, but it, it is there. It's a huge line for me. And for me, that's a big difference. I understand, I understand that Facebook's what they're doing. When I get I'm on... Just saying, I'm just saying... If Facebook is willing to sell your data to anyone with that much specificity, do you think they actually care if, and do you think they're not selling your data to the government right now to call it? They're... Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and maybe that's what they need to not do is sell data. They need to offer but, the advertisement, but not sell but the what I'm saying data. Is, but what I'm saying is even if they just sell, sell, which they are doing right now, you know, sell me as an individual, that's what I have a problem with. You ask me what should they do with the data and, or with the data that they have on me for advertisers. Like I, like I said, TV was doing a fine job. There was a, they made billions of dollars in advertisement. They didn't have to go to the granular level. Now, of course, if they could, they would have, but you know, but then they, so Facebook is one like... of like two big players on the market. They can just do, and this is, and this is what Google does, and they also do it based on your search history, but it's not on individual like 
um, piece of information about you, about your marital status or anything like that. It's it's about geographic area. That's how Google advertises geographic area and your search history. Yeah, but I just don't see why. Why do we care? Why do you care? Because it, it's way more invasive. Yes, but like, you, for example, you brought up the example of Ren and Stimpy. Like that show could have gone on if people had more specific data and they realized, oh, it's teenagers watching it, and they could have changed their model, and maybe we could have had like more of this like fun show. Well, I never actually enjoyed Ren and Stimpy, but I mean, I don't. Uh, no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but like, I mean, target okay, but like, why the opportunity to actually reach the people who would want to buy your thing because. I, those are the people that you want to connect I, with and those people, if they want to buy your thing and now you've connected with them, get the benefit of seeing the thing that they want. So I don't, I don't, why I guess, should I, why should I give a flying crap about what benefits a company? Well, you, are I'm an individual. I'm an individual. I should have more rights. People should be more concerned about what is affecting me as an individual and what I'm comfortable giving and not giving and instead well, of what affects a company's bottom line and what benefits a company. Yeah, cool. It benefits a company to have a targeting. I'm sorry. It's just this, this again, goes back to the Ready Player One thing. And just I'm amped up about this issue. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just amped up. But it's we're constantly beholden to these companies. Screw these companies. Who gives a crap if it benefits them? Of course it benefits them. To put, sorry, but to put me in a, it would also probably benefit them to be able to have breeding grounds for people. Like, and they can monetize uh, women's birth canals. That would probably benefit them, but that doesn't mean we should allow it to happen just because it makes somebody a damn dollar. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being beholden to them. And again, I, I'm not saying that you're defending corporations. I'm not, I, I just, this thought process that we have as a society at large is upsetting. It's so extreme that we're concerned about what a company care, what affects, uh, how it affects a company's advertising campaign who gives a crap and I, again this isn't spe specified at you yeah right? really i mean i it. just it's not like because i have some bleeding heart for the company i just don't it doesn't bother like i don't but shouldn't it no be, i mean like you said we get we get things because people advertise to us so people make television right and television's free but we have to watch the ads and we said that that exchange is okay we're willing to do that Right, but but not specific ads that are yeah, targeted to manipulate me. And I again, guess if you feel manipulated by it, then that sucks. But I don't feel manipulated by a specific ad. It's just as personally, I'm not. Ad. Personally, personally, I'm not. Personally, I can ignore it. We're also in God, like the top percentage of educated people in this country. We're probably less likely and less susceptible to those. Per capita, then, then, We've all then. grown up with so much advertisement that, I mean, people, it's almost nothing anymore. I don't think people I mean, are just, like, being forced to buy things that they don't want to because they see an ad. I'm, I just, I, I think it's, and again, I, I'm not trying to convince you, and, and I think it's fine. Your position is fine. It's, it's not being bothered by it. I, I just, I think... It's gross. I don't want my data bought and sold. And, and it just feels like, and we have no control, right? So like the government does have a lot of information about us, but it's so controlled what they can actually do to us. It's so controlled. I mean, it should theoretically so controlled by the constitution, what they're allowed to do with me as an individual, right? They can't spy on me in theory. They can't do all these things, right? But there's something that says that Facebook can't. And so Facebook, and so these corporations have they're talented us way more than the government ever has and ever will.
And same thing with Twitter. Same thing with all these companies. You know, Amazon, you know, freaking I'm constantly buying from them. I'm trying to pull back a little bit. You know, Wells Fargo owns my student, or they did own my student loans and, and, you know, my car loan and my credit card. And, you know, like, you know, I'm tired of being bought and sold by these companies. I just am. They, they, they're just so, they have so much more, these very few companies have so much more control over us than than anyone ever possibly could have imagined. And I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of being a commodity to these people, to the, not people, to these companies. I mean, I don't really, I mean, how do you expect like commerce to work? <laughs> I mean, I just don't, yeah, you're a commodity because- but, but I'm a commodity to these giant conglomerates. It's not, it used to be so piecemeal and so so disparate, but you now know, everyone's like bought, and, yeah. bought and everybody. And again, so there's like three companies that own everything. It's, and so now you have, I mean, it's a little bit more than that, but you know, you have, Amazon has so much data on me. You know, Apple has so much data on a lot of people, not me. Samsung has so much data on me. Google has way too much data on me, right? All of it. All it takes is one of these companies to decide not to really care about their customers at all and just sell it to, to, to the government or to anyone. Like everyone gets upset when it's to the government. Okay, why aren't we upset when it's to another private entity? Private entities have way less um, shackles on their ability to, to use that data for nefarious purposes than the government does against me. I'm less concerned with the government watching me because I know that I have ways of, of stopping it or or. Yeah, but what's a company going to do to you? A company is going to like sell you shoes? Like, I mean, what, what, how, we, how are these companies going to like hurt you? This country's in a death spiral because of because of the um, this exact behavior. I've just seen the entirety of the population as just a commodity. That's why the, there's you know we don't well, that's give a, a philosophic crap about problem, but it's not like. But that's what I'm saying. That's that's how we're at. That's why we're in late stage capitalism, and we're going. We're not. This isn't really legal and hasn't really been. Now we're because this is a political. <laughs> Well, it is more now, philosophical. We're but just gonna have is... to debate the the communism. Is that what we're gonna debate now? <laughs> so legally, this is fine, but it's upsetting to people. I because well, and and that's the reason and that's and that, and and this is why it is kind of legal is because it's upsetting to people because if it was the government doing this instead of Facebook, it'd be the biggest thing in the world to many people. But because it's not the government, we're okay with it. But I again, I contend that I would prefer to have the government have this information be doing this because I, at least I know how I can control it. There's nothing I can do to stop Facebook. Nothing. To do whatever the heck they want. I don't know. But they can do it if they want to. If they can come up with something, they'll do it. I'm never going to, you know, I, I'll never uh, um, doubt the imagination of <laughs> these soulless corporate suits and how they can, you know, what they'll do next. So, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like you're taking this all very personally. They're a company and their they, goal is to make money. They they made it personal. They're the ones that are buying and selling me. I mean, personally. that's how you feel, but they're just saying, oh, Evan has been looking at shoes lately. Maybe we'll show him some ads for shoes. That's and what that Google happens does. to be what you actually want. That's what Google does. And, that, and I don't really have a problem with that. What Facebook does is they take my actual data. As Evan is a 30-year-old that lives in my room. Yeah, yeah. And... I do. Yep. I, we, we, we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to go around in circles. Is there anything else? You, man, I got, I got really upset. Is there anything else? 
Um, nope. I think I think that is we probably went actually pretty long for only having two topics, really. Yeah. And who would have guessed that Ready Player One would have actually uh, mattered to this? Okay. Well, we'll try to have an episode next week. Um, well, and until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.